Welcome to the Your Purpose is Calling podcast, conversations with Christians who are finding purpose, redefining work, and changing their world. I'm your host, Don Sadler. My guest for this episode is author, speaker, and entrepreneur, Claudia Chan. Claudia is founder of She Summit, an annual conference in New York City that promotes gender equality in the global workplace. She is also the leader of She Global Media, a corporate platform helping Fortune 1000 companies by providing strategic tools to empower and activate all employees in creating permanent culture change. Claudia has been called the Richard Branson of Women's Empowerment by Fast Company and was named one of 2017's 20 Most Influential Moms by Family Circle. Claudia is the author of This Is How We Rise, Reach Your Highest Potential, Empower Women, Lead Change in the World. In this episode, Claudia talks about growing up in New York City as the daughter of Chinese immigrant parents, how she went from running a women's entertainment company in the era of sex in the city to leading a movement for women's empowerment in the era of the Me Too movement, and how accepting Christ in her 30s changed her perspective on leadership and success. You can access the show notes for today's episode, including where to find Claudia online at donsadler.com slash 027. The Your Purpose is Calling podcast is brought to you by our free online workshop, Create, Commit, Conquer, How to Get Unstuck, Achieve Your Goals, and Fulfill Your Calling. Sign up to attend this free online training at donsadler.com slash webinar. And now... Let's meet Claudia. Hi, Claudia. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Dawn, for having me. Excited to be here. Yeah, I am so excited. Your story is filled with so much that I know our listeners are going to be really inspired by. I know I was inspired when I had a chance to talk to you recently, um, and so I'm I'm very excited for this episode, but let's just start by uh, taking a moment and having you tell our listeners a little bit about who you are and what you do. Sure. Uh, so I am a social entrepreneur. Uh, but I've been an entrepreneur my whole life. And really that just means that I, um, my, my business is driven by social impact and social good. Um, it is, let's see, gosh, um, I, have had this all girls, all women's background my whole life. I grew up in New York city, uh, went to an all girls high school, um, daughter of immigrant Chinese parents who came here without, without much. And my mother was just a superstar in terms of, they ended up opening Chinese restaurants and just, she was a big role model. And, 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 you know, so she, I just had her as a, as a female role model my whole life. And then after going to a girl's school, high school, and then an all women's college, I ended up, um, um, you know, I was part of one or two startups at a college. Um, I'm 43, so this is like this is like the 1997, late 90s. Um, I basically started a company with a partner called Shecky's, and that was a actually started off as a as an as a as an entertainment company, and we started doing girls' night out events. Shecky's girls' night out. If you're a Gen Xer or a late millennial, um, and we did we did about 80 shopping part 
shopping parties across America in the 2000s era. So the era of sex in the city, you know, when I, I, I talk about, I call that the fluff era where, you know, women, media advertising, television shows, movies, Charlie's Angels, everything was teaching women to be, to be beautiful and value placed on women was so materialistic back then in the 2000s. Um, so I did that for about 10 years, ran that from 25 to 35 years old. And then from there, um, started learning a lot more about the state of women and girls for multiple reasons, sort of started digging back into that stuff. My, my Smith college feminist upbringing. Um, <laughs> and so then I, I started really re- the awakening and the aha of just, wow, like, you know, the state of women and girls in, in, in the first world, like, you know, America is the most developed world in the nation, in the world, you know, and just where 3% or fortune 500 CEOs are women or the pay gap and self-esteem gaps to eating disorders, to just looking at all the issues, right. Um, you know, sexual assault and poverty, every women and girls just seem to be at the brunt of all of it. And then looking at the third world, you know, whole other level of issues from, you know, gender-based violence and maternal mortality and so many other things. So it just felt like I needed to, um, you know, do something about that. And so, so went from women's entertainment to women's empowerment. So from 35 and I'm 43 now, it's been about, well, let's just call it like seven years now. I've been living and breathing this gender equality, women's empowerment movement that is so robust in our country today. Um, and I, today I have, um, I'm the founder and CEO of She Global, which is, um, we, it stands for she and he empower. So we inspire men and women to be change agents for gender equality and social impact and, um, and really, you know, equality for all people really. And we do a big conference in New York city every fall called she summit. We're entering our seventh annual she summit conference this year. And we now really are very focused on tackling corporate America. We actually feel like people are really activated. Citizens are, and people are, you know, mothers and everybody is activated around, um, you know, women's issues. And, but now it's really like tackling corporate America and, and, and advising and, and, and helping helping corporate America solve this problem. I'll pause there. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's great. It's great. Um, So tell me, I'm really curious to know a little bit more about what it's like for you to have been so involved in this kind of work that now suddenly has this national platform. Not that people weren't talking about it before, obviously, but there just really seems to be this tipping point that's happened in the last year. And I'm just wondering how you're experiencing that as somebody who's been so devoted to this work for so long. You know, it's, it's, it's been really incredible in the sense that, you know, people finally understand it and get it now. I remember in 2010, 11, when I had when I was like, wow, I need to leave Shackies, I need to leave my company and actually start She Global. And, you know, I was like in my mid thirties, all my friends were having babies by then. And they're like, what, you're going to, you're going to, like, you're going to start another company and it's going to be celebrating women role models. Like I don't, nobody understood what it was. And so, and it's funny because like today, so many of the famous people now and the people that are like, like my friend Resh Masajani who started Girls Who Code, which is like, you know, they've, it's a whole, like they have STEM programs for all these, you know, underserved girls and um, closing that pipeline, but it's like, it's like, that's everywhere now it's in schools, it's in companies. And, and like, you know, Reshma was, you know, before she even started girls who coach, she was on my stage at she summit years ago. So I, I think that, you know, we've always been a little bit, I've always been a little bit ahead of the curve. So I feel like I'm always in a position now where, you know, I'm I, like everything that I'm pushing and driving, I, I still have to sell people into it because I'm sort of selling I'm selling the future of it, you know, because like right now I'm tackling corporate America and, and, you know, helping to solve 
Because if you think about the global private sector, most people work inside companies and companies employ people and their policies of parental leave and, you know, their, their programs and, and benefits impact people and their families, right? So this, the humanity impact that companies have from, an, you know, and then also to their marketing and advertising, you know, educates society, right? And our young people to, you know, to their, to their footprint, their, their, their overall footprint in society. So, um, so I feel like even though it's so exciting, I still feel like I'm, I'm always running a startup because I'm always at the next level of driving the next phase of the movement. Um, but it is incredible because everybody gets it now and, and, and everybody, you know, everybody, I don't, I don't have, I don't have to convince people or as much as I used to. So I guess that is, <clears throat> that's pretty much what it, what it feels like right now. So, um, Tell me a little bit about, and I think, again, just kind of talking about it from the framework of this environment that we're in and the conversation and, and um, all of that, what I, what I found really interesting about, um, about what you're doing is that you, you're actively empowering women, taking on women's issues, but it's not at the exclusion of men. I think the way that you put it to yeah. me um, when we talked is that this isn't you know, men versus women. This is how do men and women walk together um, yep. and walking some of this out. So talk to me yeah. a little bit about sure. that. I mean, I think that, you know, and I, I'm raising, I have a three-year-old son and a one-year-old daughter and, you know, one, and even just, you know, watching all of my girlfriends, right? Like we are in, and I'm a Gen Xer, but, you know, as women continue to rise and the movement happens, there's so many layers to what I call the new men's movement. And so, you know, gender norms and what is, what is, what is a woman's role? What is a man's role? Right? Like, like there's no, like those gender norms are out the window now. And our Gen Z, you know, our kids, you know, like the young kids today, they don't even want to be labeled anything. So I think that, you know, it's more about like, you know, what makes you unique. And, um, but I, I do think that everything happening in society is, you know, it's all about women. Like, you know, if like you have a, you have a young girl, like there's girls who code, there's girls who run, there's all these girl groups, there's girl campaigns, there's girl programs. And you're reading about the news. It's all about, you know, me too movement and sexual harassment. And like, what does it even mean today to be a man? And what is masculinity, right? For our husband, for the husbands of breadwinning women, right? Like, cause women are continuing to like, and every company now wants more, more women in leadership positions, right? So we're like, there's more funds investing in women led startups and, you know, and, and everything's supporting women now. So, you know, what is, how, how does a husband deal with, you know, his role as his wife out earns and how are you negotiating responsibilities at home? I think on that layer to our young boys and what is, what is it to be a man, you know? And I think that, so the definition of masculinity, I think, you know, is, I'm concerned about our, our generation of men and boys. Um, secondly, um, we also, so on that level, you know, we have to start using the term gender equality, um, even more so we, I, we, I, we've been very purposeful about that because, or equality of all people, because, um, treating everybody fairly and making sure that, you know, we're synergizing with each other, right? Um, like whether it's a husband and wife or whether it's, you know, the synergy of the sexes I talk about, but we need to start thinking of it as like a duality or, or inclusivity. We need to start using inclusive language, um, on that level, because we need to also be addressing the men and boy issues that are, that are happening and starting to grow. The second thing is for every women's group, and there's a bajillion of them, right? Like corporations have women's networks. Oh, the women's leadership committee or the women's affinity network, right? Or there's, you know, this local, you know, like women's book club or women's, you know, like 
you know, helping local girls education group. And, you know, there's just like so many, so many women's organizations. I think it's also starting to invite men to them. And even though the issue that this organization is tackling is about equality, we, we need to start inviting all, like men to be in the room too. So I think it's also, we're really encouraging, um, everybody to be like, how do you be inclusive? And I think the other thing too, sometimes when people are like, Oh, she global, she summit, Oh, your company empowers women. And for me, it's actually less about just empowering women. It's more about activating women and men again, the she and he empower to become leaders and change agents for creating more equality for driving gender equality. And so, and, and again, that's a lot of, I mean, I know this is you know, like a Christian podcast too. Um, you know, like a lot of that is also what God wants us to do, right? Like we're all here, you know, life is, is learning to actually, how do we contribute and what, what is our movement going to be? What is our personal movement and mission going to be in terms of giving back? Right. So, so really my platform has become, you know, activating men, women and men to become change agents for not only gender equality, but, but inclusivity of all people. So that's really the innovation of where I'm at and where I, like right now the movement and the revolution is very much about empower women and get women to equality. And that is huge. But I don't believe, I actually think that you need to, you need to shift the language a little bit and actually empower women and men and all people to drive the equality. That way we'll accelerate. Yeah, that's powerful. So, um, let's talk a little bit about, um, she, she global is, uh, secular, you are a believer, and I'm really curious to talk a little bit about how your faith informs uh, the work that you do, as well as um, what do you think the church's role is in all of this, or could be in all of this? Yeah, so I think it's, you know, I know you and I were talking about this and how you know, it's interesting. So I, my, my story, my, my, my history with Christianity is that I was born, my parents worked a lot. They always believed in God, you know, they're Chinese. So I think like my dad came from maybe a Confucius background or my mom, maybe a Buddhist background, but they were, they just like talked about God and Claudia, as long as you pray, you know, like there was, but there was never any, you know, there was, and obviously when my grandparents passed, it's like, there was the, the ceremony and, um, the traditions of burning money and, and, and all these things. Right. But I was never really taught like, like, you know, like religion. And I wasn't, and we didn't have a, we didn't have a practice growing up. And then when I met my husband at 33, 34, like 10 years ago, he was going to a church on the Upper East Side called Trinity Baptist Church. And I was, and that was also a time too, where I wanted to leave my last company. And I was sort of going, sort of like figuring out what I wanted to do next. And, you know, the, the, the pastor there, Keith Boyd just spoke to me so powerfully and the idea of, you know, making it so practical. And, and so I then became a Christian, like over time, like baby steps, you know, and, but then it really, it's, it's, then I sort of became this, you know, I mean, I've, I'm a, I, I feel like there's not one day that goes by that I don't pray and I don't, I don't try to study something, right. Like read a devotional or, you know, or just, you know, just connect with God in some way. And I, I do feel like every day, every year I, I grow deeper and deeper in that. And so, you know, as you're, and so, so, you know, subconsciously or consciously, like, you know, my, my journey through becoming a Christian and what God calls all of us to do has definitely inspired, um, in, in me and helping to shape and cultivate my platform and business, right? Cause really my company at the end of the day, I, you know, I would say it's not an organization. It's not a company that drives change. It's the people that drive change. Right. And so, so much of what, 
you know, the evangelism, like I feel like now is inside this company, you know, how do I build and inspire change agents? And it's like a, it's a, it's a, it's a company that offers leadership conferences and programs and workshops and services, right. To like cultivate people to then drive change in companies and in their businesses. And, and so, so I feel like my journey with Christianity has shaped so much of what I'm shaping. Um, but of course I don't, and you know, and even though when I, when I host you summon and I say, Oh, it's like my church, you know, that's how I, when, when you think about all the stress and anxiety that comes to building a business and the financial risks that you take and neither of my husband, and I have corporate jobs. We're both entrepreneurs with young kids and, you know, it's, you know, so, so much of it is like, it's, it's, it's like the faith in God, right. That drives me to do everything that I'm doing. And I wrote a book um, that came out in October called, this is how we rise, um, reach your highest potential, empower women, lead change in the world, the tagline. But, um, but it's really like, so I, I share my story there too, that ultimately like whatever we do, whatever we're here, the change we're meant to lead, it's got to be rooted in something greater than us. Right. And for me, it's God. So I talk about it pretty openly, um, in my book at the conference, I don't talk, talk about God, the entire conference, but I definitely like, I, sh- I do share that for me, it's God, but everybody has to have a source of something. Um, that's bigger than you. And so, um, but I, but I am, you know, every year that goes by, I do sort of more and more find myself at crossroads on, you know, how much of God do I bring into this? Like how much of, you know, like, you know, follower of Jesus Christ. And, you know, do I put in my Instagram tagline, you know, it's like, you know, and I think somebody like Scott Harrison who found a charity water, which is like such an incredible organization. Like he's somebody who's really honest about that. Like you look at his Instagram and, you know, it's like, you know, father, follower of Jesus Christ, you know, husband to X, you know, father to X and X, like, you know, he's just really open about his, about his beliefs, you know? And so the thing is, I, you know, I definitely feel like it's interesting when I, when I look at my church community and how, you know, we're so openly Christian, but then when I'm in my business world, you know, like nobody talks about religion. And so that is, that is definitely going to be like a next layer of something that I think all of us as Christians or, or, you know, that are, that don't live like where our work, our vocation is not in a Christian world, you know, how do we bring that out to more to the forefront? You know, how do we continue to sort of evangelize and, you know, do it in the way that, um, that God wants us to. Right. So, and and it's scary too, because it's like, you know, like so much, it's such a, we're also such, we're living in such a liberal time. And, you know, it's so sad to me because so many people are not because of how, because how religion was sort of shoved down, you know, like how it was so forced, they're not religious, you know, they're spiritual, but, and it's just, and it's interesting because I have a very different perspective of it because I didn't have that growing up. So I came to it, like, like I came to it, like somebody comes to soul cycle, you know, like I came to it like older and like knowing who I was somewhat was. And like, I, it, for me, it like was such an incredible transformational, you know, impact on my life. And so I have a different perspective of religion than maybe somebody who, where they were just like raised Catholic, you know, and had to go to church every Sunday and didn't even necessarily understand what that meant. Um, yeah, so it's really fascinating. I think it's a good place to transition, um, to talk about your book. And again, um, for our listeners, the book is called, this is how we rise, reach your highest potential, empower women, lead change in the world. It's a great book. And I think the reason that this is a a great point, a great place to pivot is that in the book, you actually talk about this leadership progression and you talk about these four areas of leadership that all of us are called to develop, which is spiritual, personal leadership, then 
social impact. So talk to us a little bit about that progression. Like how do you, how do you see that? How have you walked through it? How do you walk others through that? Right. So, you know, it's interesting if you think about it as a, as a reverse, I think that we're all here to, you know, and I, and I say like, if, let's just say we live in, you know, we get, we were lucky enough to live until we're 90 years old or something. Right. And you look at the end of your life and what did, like, what did our life mean? And I, and I say in the book, don't just live your life in the world, but lead your life for the world. And again, all so much of this is inspired. All of this is inspired by, by God and, and just, you know, and, and my, my journey through like learning about Jesus and, um, and so, you know, if you start off with social impact, like what am I meant to contribute? Right. Cause like you're not supposed to live 90 years of extracting from earth's resources and just for you, 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 like the whole point of all of this is we're here to actually, you know, I mean, Rick Warren says, give our life away, <laughs> like, you know, like, right, right. and so it's really about contribution. And so if you, so I call that sort of social impact, right. But to really maximize our social impact and contribution, you know, you also, you know, you need to go through leadership development and, you know, leadership development and really address, you know, how do I be a better leader and what is, what does being a leader even mean? Um, you know, humility as a, as a, as a, as a value and a trait of leadership to, um, to generosity, right. To, um, collaboration and all the different values and traits of leadership development and courage and cultivating courage and cultivating all these muscles. Like there's, you know, I talk about 13, 13 pillars of uh, personal leadership pillars in the book. It's like purpose, vision, faith, resilience, mindfulness, community, energy. It's like all these, like, you know, like we, you know, every, you know, there's different traits and muscles that actually build us as leaders. And so we really need to also, you know, we're not going to maximize our social impact if we don't, go through that leadership development, but you're not going to really go be able to, you know, really develop well as a leader. If you haven't gone through some personal growth, which means healing from some the, the, the stuff that we've, that we all, all, everybody has stuff to heal from, right? Like our childhood. And I mean, all of our parents, you know, we, we come from, you know, we're all born from, have parents from different generations that had to suffer or experience different things. And so a lot of what they, they've imprinted stuff on us, right? So we also have to heal, you know, and so, so you're not going to maximize your, your be able to develop fully as a leader, unless you've gone through that personal growth and really healed from, you know, really personal things. And, and even, even knowing what those things are and healing from them and, and, and letting, you know, releasing their bondage of you, right. So that you could actually grow into the leader you're meant to be. And then, but you're not really going to personally grow unless you, you know, you really spiritually grow. So I, I have this, you know, this, this sort of, this flow of, you know, it really starts with, it really starts with like spiritual growth. Spiritual growth enables us to fully personally grow. When we personally grow, we can really develop as a leader. When we develop as, when we really fully develop as leader, we can really maximize our social impact. So it's just this interesting journey that I've been through. And you're, it's not like you master one layer, like, oh, I'm, I've mastered spirituality and I'm mastered personal growth. It's just a constant, you know, you're just, you're just in that constant flow of each of those layers, right? Um, but it's all connected. Yeah. And what would you, um, I think that's brilliant. And cause I think we talked about this when we talked earlier that I think a lot of people have the heart for social impact, um, whatever that looks like in their community or in their world. Um, but very few people ne- um, necessarily have the heart for the personal growth that it takes to truly fulfill everything that they're called to in making a difference in the world. And not that you have to be perfect or fully healed or any of that in order to go out and serve others. Um, 
And like we talked about before, this is a continual process. We're always learning in each of these. Um, so I, but I think that that framework is really helpful for people. And so in and these, I just pause one thing in, in that, yeah. like everything takes work. You know, I think you don't just wake up and you're like, Oh, you know, I'm, you know, I've got it together. Right. It, it's just like, it's like exercising, like physical exercise to actually stay in shape. You know, you have, we have to, we have to go jogging. We have to, you know, do weightlifting or yoga, any form of exercise to stay in shape. And even, you know, you do, you do like that, you, you train for a marathon, but then if you don't run for six months, right, you're, those muscles are going to get weak again. So I think it's just like, I think it's daily discipline and it like, let's just say you're at a sermon, right. And, and, you know, and the pastor's talking about something, something to do, that, you know, that makes you think about your marriage and marital problems or something about your financial state, you know, like our, our issue, you know, our challenges with money and, you know, or whatever it is, it's almost like, you know, if you discover, okay, here's something that I really have, this is an area of my life that is not operating optimally. Right. And so therefore this is something that I need to actually invest more time in. And if it's, you know, is it a marriage counselor? Is it a, is it a, is it a marriage workshop that you find, you know, is it a, you know, getting a new financial coach or spending, spending more time, budgeting more time every week or every two weeks to look at your numbers and your finances. Right. And, and, and like unravel that stuff. I mean, it's just, everything takes growth is work. And man, you know, we need to manage our minds. Like once we, once we do understand, you know, here are my enemies, here are my, these are my negative patterns. These are my core limiting beliefs. Like once you figure out what those things are, then you have to build in daily, daily practices or exercises to combat those weaknesses. And so whether it's journaling, like, you know, like journaling something or meditating on something or praying about something. So everything takes work, like leadership and greatness and being a legendary leader, you know, and often I just, you know, I talk big to like, because the bigger we think and dream, the bigger steps we take. Right. So, you know, it's, it's, um, it takes work. It doesn't just, Oh, you know, Oh, tomorrow it'll just all come. And I think we forget that. Like when things are hard, like things are meant to be hard. Like, and so that's how we grow. And I think so if we, if we just remember that and we actually embrace the hardness and embrace the struggles a little bit and actually welcome them and, and bless them and be grateful for them, you know, we have an easier time navigating through it. So if somebody was listening to this and, um, and they feel like, wow, that's, I'm ready to do that work. I haven't been, or I, I, I really am ready to press into some areas of my life. I really want to grow as a leader to make, um, the impact that I have on the world, even that much more meaningful and coming from a healthy place. Um, what is just sort of a starting point? What's the one thing that I know that you mentioned journaling and there's some things, but what's sort of like a starting point that somebody could sit down right now, um, even as they're listening to this podcast to get started? I mean, I think that, you know, whether it's related to, you know, whatever the challenge area is. So let's just say you're not happy at your job or your finances feel really messy or struggling in your marriage or whatever, you know, it's, it's a health, you know, you don't, you feel like you're out of shape or, you know, you really lack confidence in something like whatever that is. I think the first thing is that you need education and inspiration in that area, you know, and, and do you think about getting a coach or an advisor, like starting, you know, who can, you know, and so, so help and coaching and advising can come literally and hiring somebody or working with 
somebody, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or you know, or, or, you know, so a free way to do it is a mentor first. If you see somebody that is doing that thing well, or they're good at that thing, like, hey, can I grab a coffee with you and get your advice on something? Or is it like, you know, oh, I need to, like schedule an appointment with your pastor, or schedule, you know, like grab a meeting with your financial advisor, or hey, my friend has a life coach, and maybe I should get just have a, like a preliminary call with her, right? Like first, it's like who's going to help you, like you know, and and, I, and so it come in form of a person, you know, and just getting and again, one baby step leads to another step leads to another step, you know, or is it like podcast, like something just, just get, just get, let's just start devouring information. You know, if you want to get more organized financially, just like find, like just Google, you know, like a one or two podcasts or a, or if you're, if reading is your thing and you, you, you know, you read books really quickly or a podcast are your thing, you know, like then, then start like finding one or two resources and just start listening. So it's just really getting, getting it going. Right. But I think it's, it's, it's exposing yourself to some sort of help. That's an, either it's a person or it's a book or it's a podcast or it's something that is going to feed you information that is then going to inspire your next step. So I think that that is really just get started. I love that. I heard a quote recently that just goes along with that, that I thought was so great is that if you want to make a change in your life, the first question is not how the first question is who, in other words, who can help you with that? Who's already walked that path? Who's had success in that area? And that just goes along with, with what you're saying. I think very often we can get stuck in the how, but there are people in any area of our life who have gone ahead, whether it's like you said, a book or a podcast or somebody that we know that could be a personal mentor. So I think that's great. Um, we're going to jump into our final five questions in just a moment. But before we do, I'm just, I want to ask you a little bit about um, the word movement. I know that this is a movement that you are involved in and that you're leading. And I think movement is such a big word um, and I love it. And, uh, and I think a lot of people, I know a lot of people listening to this podcast have it in their heart to also create movements. So what would you say to somebody who, um, cause it obviously takes a lot of energy, a lot of resilience, a lot of the things that you talk about in your book, what would you say to that person, uh, who really feels like they have it on their heart to start a movement in some specific area? Right. So I think that you know, I actually have a chapter on this book that's called that, you know, and I have a section where it's like, you know, like when you get clarity on your mission and purpose, right. It's like, how do you turn that mission into a movement? And so I think the first thing, you know, the first thing is always starts with purpose and mission. You know, I know the words are, I'm just used, treating them like they're the same word basically. But, um, but for me, the purpose and mission is, you know, I, I go through that exercise, like, you know, what is like, what, like at the end of your life, and I think one of your questions to me earlier, the favorite book question, are you asking me that later? Yeah. Okay, cool. All right. But, um, but basically like, what have you accomplished, right? Like what have you at the end of your life, what did your life mean? And, and I talk about identifying, you know, what is my purpose in the personal realm? You know, my, my kids, my health, my adventure, whatever, those things are important to you personally, you know, and, and but what, what have you contributed in the social realm? Like what's your purpose in the social realm? And so, and I, and I always say, don't do it like, be careful not to do too many things. I'd rather somebody go deep and wide in, in one or two issues, you know, because then you can make more impact. So mm-hmm. I think we spread ourselves too thin and we all, we want to say yes to everything. But, um, but so, you know, so let's just say that that is getting girls into, into, you know, like, like let's just say that that's girls education, you know, I'm going to just like, and that's still really broad, but Okay, girls' education in um, Afghanistan. <laughs> Just gonna like, right, throw right. something random. Yeah, and, you know, and, and so, the, but the idea is that like when you when you create a meaning around something, 
It's like, okay, this is my mission. Like I want to help these people, but then how are you going to help them? That's the vision chapter. What is the structure? Is it a school? Is your skill set building a school? Is your skill set creating programs to partner with other schools? Like really getting clear on then what is my, like, what is the thing that I'm going to do? Is it through my corporate day job? Is it through a side project? Is it through joining an organization nonprofit? Like what is the structure of the thing that I'm going to do to help further and help these specific people in this specific area? Right. Then, then it's like from there, you know, that becomes your mission and purpose is empowering this group of people in this way. But then how do you turn that into a movement? And so, so what I believe that the, where it goes from a mission to a movement is when, you know, what you've created has so much meaning and it's relevant to so many other people or it's, or it's synergistic with so many other, you know, organizations or issues that other people are tackling that all of a sudden, you know, so many people want to be a part of it. Right. So like my girls who code, my friend Rash Masajani, who started, it's like, you know, there was a clearly, she's really, she really gave voice to this issue that, you know, our, all of our future jobs are going to be computer science related. And yet I think it's like 12% of girls like major in like, like actually like 12% out of all the college graduates. Like, I think it's like 12% actually come out that are girls. And, you know, it's just these crazy statistics, but she create like, but now she's got like tons of corporations that are a part of it and tons of schools that are a part of it. And the girls who code programs and, but she found meaning and she, 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 she tapped into something that so many other people care about so many other organizations care about. And so I think when you, you really create a movement, when, you know, you're driving social change in something or impact in something, servicing something that, that relates to so many people. Right. And so if it's like something to do with, you know, parenting and motherhood, right. And so many other moms care about it or, you know, so that's where I think you really, you're tapping into something because like into the hearts of so many other people, that's really when it becomes a movement. And so I just, that's why I say, you know, vision really big and you know, whatever issue that, whatever thing that you want to solve for, you know, like probably so many people are impacted by that, that, um, you know, it's, it's, that's, that's, that's like movement thinking, right. And, and change agent thinking. And I think that if we start thinking of all of ourselves as how can I be a change agent and what is my movement? How do I turn this, this, you know, where I, you know, I want to empower these people in this way. How do I turn that into a movement into something bigger? And, and I actually then say the next level is revolution, which is the, which is the amalgamation and the aggregation of all the movements creates a revolution. And I believe that that's where we're in the fourth wave of feminism or the fourth wave of, you know, this women's movement right now, it's a revolution. I mean, the women's march was a that's revolutionary, right? And it's not, and, and actually, and it transcended women and gender. It's, uh, it's about, you know, like immigration and it's about black lives matter. And it's about all these other intersectionality and, and, you know, so it's really, really fascinating. Amazing. Amazing. Well, we could easily go on for a few more hours, but we're going to, we're going to wrap it up right now with our final five questions. Um, five questions designed to resource our listeners. I do want to mention before we jump in there, we will include in the show notes, a link to where people can find your book. This is how we rise. Great. Um, but, uh, speaking of books, what is other than the Bible, what's one book that changed your life and why? So I love, um, I love this pastor, Bill Hybels, uh, from mm -hmm. Willow Creek church. And he does this amazing Willow, uh, Willow Creek leadership summit every fall their church does. And, um, his book simplify was, was really, um, had a big impact in my life. And, and it was this one thing that he said, which a mentor had said to him when he was a young, a younger man, which was like, what will you do that will outlive 
your earthly accomplishments. So, you know, like, and I, and I thought that that was just so like somebody had said that to him when he was young, like, what will you do in your life that will outlive your earthly accomplishments? And, and so it just got me, it really motivated me to think about this. You know, if we look at our lives from God's perspective, you know, Oh, there's Claudia, there's 7.3 billion people in the world. And you know, this is, this is what I want. This is what I want Claudia's, you know, life to be about, you know, and, and, and sort of got me thinking about, and I talk about this outside in perspective, like look at the life from God or the universe's perspective, you know, it got me thinking of from, like, what does my life mean for the world? Right. And what, so that was really, really powerful is that, is that quote, um, that he writes in this book, simplify, you know, what will you do that will outlive your earthly accomplishments? That's so great. I read that book. I love it. It's a, I agree. It was really, really impactful. What is um, one podcast that you're listening to now and why? So I actually right now, this guy, Robin Sharma, um, uh, S-H-A-R-M-A, Robin, it's a man. And he is, you know, he's like a Tony Robbins, a friend of mine told my husband about it, which told me about it. And, and he talks a lot about legendary leadership. And I know I I mentioned that word earlier, but um, I just really just check him out. He's, um, he really, he, you know, he, he gets you thinking in a very, it, he makes it fun. He makes, you know, how do you really, how do you drive success and, and lead and, and create meaning? But he uses, he, he, he uses his legendary language that I've really been enjoying. So he's my like recent, recent podcast go-to. Great. And again, for our listeners, we will include show notes to all of this, um, links in our show notes to all of this. What is uh, your favorite Bible verse and why? So actually, can we skip this one first? Because I actually I actually had a few that I had on my phone here that I need to pull up. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. We'll come to that one at the end. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. what's the best business advice you ever heard? The best business advice that I've ever heard... Gosh, I think that, I I think just one of the, you know, just one of the things that I just have always said is that we cannot become, we cannot become who, um, sorry, we can only become what we believe. And I think back to this idea of faith and the believing, right? Like just believing in, you know, in our extraordinary potential, our extraordinary destiny, the extraordinary being that we already are today and that we are continuing to grow into. And, you know, and, and I think that all the things that we dream about, that it's just believing that that is us and that is possible. So, because we're not, if we continue to, to in our, the, the, you know, the, the, the stuff we say to ourselves, right. All the internal chatter is talking against what you want, then it's, you will never really fully materialize it. So I think, you know, we become what we believe. And so the power and the muscle to believe is so critical. And so again, faith, you know, is it, whether that faith and that belief is in God or it's in, you know, but really, really remembering that. Great. Important. What encouragement, um, what encouragement would you give to somebody right now who maybe is starting where you were seven years ago? You've built this phenomenal company. Um, you've written a book, you have a conference, you've got this movement. What would you get, what advice would you, or encouragement would you give to somebody who was at the point that you were seven years ago when you started? You know, just be bold. I think it's really, it's, it's, um, 
it's like vision, really the vision, the highest vision of what it is that you want to create and how big it can become. And then literally have, take a picture, a mental picture of that or create a vision board or something and, and take like, and, and then when you start building that career or building that, that company or project or whatever it is in your communication to other people about it and to yourselves and to the people that are going to help you build it, you know, use words that that actually make up that dream and vision, right. And, and be bold and be confident, fake it till you make it, (laughs) but it really does. There's something in the, you know, it's like the more we practice something, the more it becomes real, the more energy we put towards something, the more, you know, focus energy goes where focus goes. And, and so I think that it's just, you know, and especially for women too, because we tend to be so conservative and, you know, we like, we don't apply for jobs until we have at least 10 of the 10 skill sets required. Whereas right. men will apply if there's like, you know, they have four of the skill sets. Right? Right, right. So I think it's, that's, that's really important to just dream and, you know, be courageous. And then that actually, well, I'll just tie up with the last, my favorite Bible verse, um, about courage is, you know, it's a Corinthians 1558. Um, therefore my beloved brothers be steadfast and movable, always abounding in the work of the Lord knowing that in the Lord, your labor is not in vain. And I just, I love the, you know, just be immovable, you know, immovable and steadfast in me. And I think that that is, again, back to that believing and having that relentless maniacal faith and, you know, that, that, that vision has been casted on you by God to draw you closer to his purpose for us. And, you know, and just having this, this crazy, being immovable in that faith and that belief. So that is one of my favorites. Phenomenal. Claudia, I am so grateful that you joined us on the show today. Thank you for your generosity and just sharing your wisdom and your experience. I know that this is going to be something that our listeners are going to want to share with all their friends. So thank you again so much for your time today. So, and I just wanted to close with two things. One is this is my first Christian podcast actually ever. So I hope I do more. So anybody out there listening, if you know, I want to do more in the, the, in the Christian community. And the second thing is, um, that also our company, she global it's S H E G L O B L.com. Um, and she summit, you could just Google she summit. Um, the conference is in October in New York, but we, we actually, we have a company that helps, you know, you know, workplaces and, and organizations and companies with their, um, culture initiatives and gender diversity programs. So if anybody works, you know, at an organization that needs help with that, please reach out to us through our website. So thank you. Absolutely. Yep. We'll include those links in the show notes as well. So anyone uh, can find you easily and get connected. Great. Such a pleasure. Thank you, Dawn. I'd like to thank my guest, Claudia Chan, for joining me today. Just a reminder that you can access the show notes for today's episode, including where to find Claudia online at donsadler.com slash 027. If you'd like to hear more conversations with Christians who are finding purpose, redefining work, and changing their world, subscribe on iTunes and leave us a review. The Your Purpose is Calling podcast is brought to you by our free online workshop, Create, Commit, Conquer, How to Get Unstuck, Achieve Your Goals, and Fulfill Your Calling. Sign up to attend this free online training at dawnsather.com slash webinar. This has been the Your Purpose is Calling podcast. I'm your host, Don Sadler. Thanks for listening.